0: Prime Directive. What's the church here for? And what is the most important thing in our life? lawyer came to Jesus in the passage that was read to you just now and asked that question, what is the first and greatest commandment? What is the most important thing in my life? And we've been talking over the past couple of weeks that the number one issue, the number one thing, the number one priority, the prime directive for your life is to love God. But Jesus went further than that and said, not only must you love God, but you must also love others. So here's the thing we need to understand When we establish the priorities of our life, when we think about God's prime directive for us, number one is indeed to love God with all of our heart, with all of our minds, with all of our souls, with all of our strength. But that's not enough. You say, what do you mean that's not enough? Jesus said that. It's not enough to love God. You have to love God people now that's the real challenge it's not that hard to love the God who loved us and gave himself for us if you have recognized that Jesus Christ died for you it's not hard to love God because he first loved you but what's difficult is to love people and he said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love people. Now I want you to notice something. That guy came to Jesus and he asked him, What is the most important commandment? Now you need to understand. And that day they believed from the Talmud, it is recorded, that they believed there were 613 commandments that you have to obey in order to have a right relationship with God. And you think Baptists are bad. Larry, we only have 603. You know, they, they had 613 and we only have 603. Well, Jesus boiled it down to two. He, he did away with legalism. You know, we have all these expectations. You have to do this and you have to do that. And the truth is, most of our requirements are not about what you do. It's what you don't do. I don't do this and I don't do that. I don't eat this and I don't drink that. And I don't go there and I don't dance. I can't. So, you know, some people have rhythm and then there's me. But, you know, it, most of our requirements are about the not about the things that we are, And it's certainly not about who God is. Most of our requirements, our legalism, are the rules that we have to follow. And we mistakenly believe that we earn a relationship with God because we follow the rules. Listen, the plan of God is a lot simpler than that. This guy asked for the most important rule, and and Jesus gave him the most important rule, But then he gave a second. By the way, he didn't ask for two. He asked for one. And the point is, God's plan, God's will for you will take you further than you ever planned. It will take you deeper and straighter than you ever planned. His plan for you and His will for you is simple, straightforward, and practical. Love God love people if you love god you will love people i've heard people say well i love i love the lord but i just can't stand people and that was a pastor uh, i have actually heard pastors say i just love the work of the ministry i just hate the people it involves well, one other. It doesn't work that way if you love god you'll love people and by the way the ministry is people you heard me say in the question and answer session i hope last sunday afternoon that my intention to in being your pastor is to be a strong leader but a loving shepherd that's my heart that's my calling that's what god expects of me he expects no less of you that is to love people love god love people if you love god you will love people the bible says first john 4:20 if anyone says i love god and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love god whom he has not seen Next verse, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. It is natural if you love God that the Spirit of God that is within you will create the fruit of the Spirit. If you allow that to happen, the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And if you love God, you will love people listen it's not a matter of personality type you cannot use your personality type as an excuse i'm not an extrovert i'm an introvert and i just naturally don't like people no that's that may be your nature but we also have a sinful nature and you cannot use being an introvert as an excuse for not loving people i just love the lord i can't i just don't like people listen if you don't like people you don't love god who is it don't you look up here who is it that could walk through that door right now that you could not love and that you could not show love to Did a face come to mind? Did a certain profile jump into your thoughts? Listen, that's a sin against God. Who is it that you could not love? We are commanded to love God, and we are commanded to love people. Listen, anyone that comes in as our guest, and and I'm always hesitant to say this in, in one of the Sunday morning services, because guests are present when I say this. When a guest comes into our service, we better demonstrate the love of Christ to them or they'll never come back. We need to let them know that they are welcome. We need to demonstrate the love of Christ. And if there's somebody, whether it's an individual because of relationships between you or lack of a relationship or a broken relationship, Or if it's somebody because of their race, because of their nationality, because of their background, because of their dress, I don't care what your excuse, you better love them when they walk through the door. They're not perfect, but neither are you. Listen, we are a church of sinners saved by grace, my wife is not in here right now she took wendy's place in the nursery today i think and so i can talk about her she handed me something sent me an email of something that she found this week and i hate it when she gets into my sermons but here it is church is hard i want you to think about the person walking through the door church is hard church is hard for the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment Church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home, broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together, but doesn't. Church is hard for the couple who fought the entire ride to service. Church is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families church is hard for the widow and widower with no invitation to lunch after the service church is hard for the deacon with an estranged child church is hard for the man who is insecure in his role as a leader church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man church is hard for the single woman and the single man praying that god brings them a mate church is hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter ashamed of her mistakes church is hard for the sinners church is hard for me if The atmosphere of our congregation is an atmosphere of judgment, of condemnation. If you turn and look when somebody walks in the door and what you have on your face is a frown, a scowl, or a look of disgust, that is a sin against God and that is a sin against this church. We are here to love God. But we are also here to love people. And it's not enough. It's not enough to love God. You have to love people too. Then, that means we have to commit to loving every person who walks through our door. And everyone inside. You see, I know people who only love people inside the church. We love one another, and that excludes loving anybody outside the church. And then oddly enough, there are people who will love, will not love people in the church. They only love people outside. They say, well, it's our goal and it's our prime directive to reach people outside the church. Well, what happened to Christ's command to love one another? You have to do both. Loving people means loving each other, all the other members of the church. And if there's somebody in this church that you cannot love, you need to get right with God And you need to get reconciled with them. Because loving God's not enough. We have to love people. Loving people demonstrates our love for God. If you love God, you will love people. And that loving people demonstrates your love for God. If you are not loving people, you don't love people... You are not showing the love of Christ. You're not demonstrating the love of God. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That love, by the way, is the agape love. It's not a love of feeling. Now, there's not a firm difference in the in the words agape agape and and phileo agapao actually is the verb form and phileo love there's there's not a that drastic a difference but there is a seeming difference and i equate it with phileo means fi- feeling love it's a friendship kind of love it's not the deep abiding godly love of the agape love listen When I say love God, I'm not talking about feeling. If what you're looking for when you come to this worship service is just a feeling, you need to understand that love is a commitment. Young people, if you're going to get married because you feel a certain way about a boy or a girl, that will not last. I promise you, you will get over that. If you want a marriage to last, and I certainly hope you do, you need to understand that love is a commitment. I said a couple weeks ago, and some people laughed, and some people said, yeah, that's, that's me. I said, I've been married to five different women. And, and they were all Brenda, Jeanette, Kitchens, Rayburn, all of them. But we change. And you if it's just a feeling, you get over that. But you, love is a commitment that lasts. And that word, that agape love, is a deep abiding love it is a love of where you value you highly value someone you respect them and you treat them with reverence that's what we're supposed to do what does it mean to love someone as you love yourself now understand we don't have any trouble loving ourselves And some teenager will say, well, I don't love myself. No teenager does. Well, no, they do. They love themselves because they poke food in their face so that they can live. They they drink water so that, or whatever, so that they can live. You love yourself. You just may have trouble accepting who God made you to be. There is a difference. Do you understand that? Just because you wish your hair was not red, or that you wish, in my case, that I had some hair, <clears throat> I used to. Man, I used to have, it's, it's, it's just wrong. I used to have the cutest little curl right there. It's been gone a long time. I have to accept that. I may wish that I was taller. I am convinced that God intended to make me four inches taller than He really did. And the problem is now I've started, standing. I quit growing a long time ago. Now I started shrinking. I'm getting shorter now. You may have trouble accepting how God made you to be, but you already love yourself. Everybody does. They just do. And we have to learn to accept who God made us to be, realizing he knew what he was doing and he is in charge. Love somebody as you love yourself. What does that mean? That means you value them as you value yourself. You place a high value on them, even placing a higher value on them than you do on yourself. Chris, Jesus said, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. And he gave an example, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He valued the church, more than he valued his own life and gave himself for it. Guys, that's an example of how we're supposed to love our wives. That you value them even above and beyond how you value yourself. God first, others next, me last. That's supposed to be the Christian attitude. We value others. Not only that, but we do for them the things that you would do for yourself jesus said in the sermon on the mount so whatever you wish that others would do to you do also to them for this is the law and the prophets now that phrase by the way we we need i need you to remember that phrase this is the law and the prophets we're going to talk about that in a minute but we're talking about valuing people, treating them with respect, letting them know they're important. I said when somebody walks through the doors of this building, this auditorium, and joins us as a guest, we need to let them know that we value them, that they are important to us. They have value. Make them feel welcome. Do for them the way you would wish somebody would do for you if you were visiting in a church service. Smile. Give them a handshake or a pat on the back or whatever is appropriate. And let them know that we value them. But you know what? That extends outside the doors of this church. Family, that's, that's what you do. Exactly, that's what you do when you go in the grocery store, Right? And, and you're dealing with that lady across the checkout girl at the counter, checkout lady at the counter. You must value her. You must treat her with respect. When we go into, when we go into a restaurant, and and, and this, you know, how do you treat the waitress or the waiter? This may be the most difficult thing of all. Roger, how do we treat her when our food comes out and it's the wrong order? Or it's burned. Well for one thing. She didn't burn it. If you're going to shoot somebody. Go go shoot the cook. The waitress didn't burn the food. Now she may have gotten the order wrong. How would you do as a waitress? I think some of us ought to have to wait tables. Once in our lives. And we might be a little more gentle. And a little more kind. And a little more generous with our tips. When we. Deal with the public. Listen, it's not just for inside this room. How are you going to treat people tomorrow? It's it's a matter of doing. It's not just a feeling. Love must be demonstrated. And when you treat people with love, you are demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. You know, this, this concept of loving others the way you love yourself is not unique to the new testament you do understand aren't you uh, don't you you do understand that jesus is quoting the book of leviticus when he says that in leviticus he gives the 10 commandments and the first of those, the first four of those 10 commandments are summed up by love god the next six are summed up by love one another. And it's and in Leviticus it says love your neighbor as yourself. But I've looked at that, and Aaron, there's if you go back to Luke, uh, to, Luke, <laughs> to Leviticus chapter nineteen and look at all the commands, it's amazing what you find there. It's very practical. It says help the poor I am the Lord. Take care of widows and orphans. I am the Lord. Treat your employees well. I am the Lord. Don't cheat or lie. I am the Lord. Don't take revenge or bear a grudge. I am the Lord. You see, all those commands are based upon who you believe God is, and whether or not the God of heaven is the Lord and Master of your life. If you love Him, you will love people. Oh, listen, go out and find somebody that needs help and help them. Pay it forward. God has paid it for you, now you pay it forward. Go out and do acts of kindness. Go out and serve others in a loving way. It's not enough to love God. You have to love people. And you demonstrate your love for God by loving people. Treat people the way Jesus would. We have this thing, what would Jesus do? Well, guess what? You don't have to wonder what Jesus would do Just read the Bible. You'll find out what Jesus did do. And do what Jesus did. Quit asking what would Jesus do. Do what Jesus did. You treat people the way Jesus would. Treat people like you would treat Jesus. You say, well, they're not Jesus. Neither are you. Treat them the way you would treat Jesus if he was the one walking through the door. Love God and love others. And then understand that loving God and loving people is the point of the whole Bible. Loving God and loving people is the Bible in a sentence. That's all of it. That's the summary. That's the point. That's the the prime directive of the word of god love god and love others he said to him you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the great and first commandment the second is like unto it you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets i want you to notice verse 40 on these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. Of the various places, Clint, that where this command is given, where Jesus is recorded, is saying this, only Matthew twenty-two forty records this statement. But that statement is confirmed in other passages of Scripture. That is that the whole Bible is summed up. When he says all the law and the prophets, that's like saying every bit of revelation of inspiration all the bible you've got is summed up in that in romans chapter 13 paul says oh no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law that's one the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Many other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's two. Twice in these three verses, some, love sums it up. And then verse 10 Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, there's number three, love is the fulfilling of the law. Three different times in those few verses, it is made clear. I had a pastor one time who, who posted on Facebook. Pastors ought to really be careful about posting on Facebook because people read that. And he had driven past a church sign of a church in the neighborhood And it said, love fulfills every commandment of the Bible. And that made him mad. And he posted it on Facebook that he was upset that they posted that on the church sign. Well, I sent him a private message. By the way, you are aware that you don't have to flame people on Facebook, right? You can send them a private message. If you don't know that there is a private message function, you need to get off of Facebook. And rather than shoot him down publicly, I sent him a private message, and I referred him to this passage of Scripture, uh, passage of Scripture, and to another in Galatians, and he was very appreciative. He wouldn't have been quite so appreciative if I'd shot him down, but anyway... You, you need to understand that love, love of God and loving people fulfills all the commandments of the Scripture. We have a lot of other ideas about what it means. But the truth is, it doesn't matter how religious, doctrinally sound, or devout we are. If we do not love both God and people, we are hypocrites that's that's hard by the way if you don't believe that i need to tell you that is a passage of scripture and i was hesitant to tell you where it is because i'll be gone on february the second and aaron will be preaching from that passage of scripture in first corinthians chapter 13 so i'm not going to steal his sermon but i'm telling you doesn't matter you can be as religious you can appear to be devout. You can appear to love God, but if you don't love people, you don't love God. You have to, Loving God's not enough. You have to love people. Your love of God is demonstrated by how you treat people. You demonstrate your love for God by loving people. But understand, all the Bible is summed up in that prime directive love god and love people i want to tell you god loves you you know that you know if, if somebody is walking through our church door as a guest the one thing i want them to know more than anything else is that god loves them god loves you that thing i i read about church is hard did you Did you find yourself in there somewhere? Listen, God loves you. doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in right now. God loves you. He loves you and He has proven to you that He loves you because He died for your sins. He did that because He loves you. And He wants you to be saved. He wants you to come to him, to trust in him, to believe in him, and to be saved. If you don't know what that means, if you've not done that, we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to be waiting here to give you the opportunity. There may be someone here who needs to come for baptism. Praise God, we're going to be baptizing a couple of guys. Andrew's going to be ready next week, and Kai's going to be ready. We'll be baptizing Next week, maybe you need to come for baptism. Maybe you've been out of church for a while and it's time for you to come back. Maybe you just need to come and join our church. Maybe you've been running from God and you're ready to be reconciled to God. Whatever the need of your heart, whatever decision or commitment that you need to make, maybe, just maybe, you've not been a loving person believer, a loving follower of Christ. And you want to repent of that and make a commitment now to be loving and kind. This is an appropriate time for that. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray. If there's going to be music for a minute, if you need to make a decision or a commitment, I'll be glad to meet you here. Just come join me.